0: Welcome. The University of Central Florida's Office of Diversity and Inclusion brings you Matters of Diversity with Dr. B. With your host, Dr. S. Kent Butler. And our guest, Dr. Michael Dykin. This show is brought to you by UCF Foundation. Thank you. And welcome to today's Matters of Diversity with Dr. B. Um, today, I'm really excited because we're going to be talking with Dr. Dykin, Dr. Michael Dykin, who is the Associate Vice President here at the University of Central Florida for Student Health Services. Um, it's important for us to have this conversation today, and, and the reason why is because everybody's mind is around this pandemic. And while we are concerned with where we are going to be moving forward with this pandemic, with the vaccine, and, um, and, and the, how people are going to be vaccinated over the, the next couple of months. We wanted to talk about it here at UCF so we can be up to speed on where it's going. But before I even go into any of that, today is a day of unrest um, in, the, in the United States. Um, a lot is going on. As we're t- getting ready to start this podcast today, there there are people who are rioting and and having, um, I guess, their say in terms of how they're seeing um, the politics of our nation playing itself out. And so I just wanted to take a moment of silence so that we remember that we are a nation of of immigrants and people who are here to kind of live a great life um, without, the drama and the stress uh, that seems to be occurring right now over the election cycle that has just occurred. Um, And so I just want to take a moment just to kind of recognize that um, we have to come together. We have to be together. And and while people want advancement and people want to be able to move forward uh, with regards to how life is going to be for all, with equity and diversity and inclusion at the forefront from my perspective, from my perspective. um, I just want us all to kind of just remember that while we get ready to engage into this conversation about the coronavirus that there are other things that are happening in the world as well. And so I just want us to kind of, to have some type of recognition of that. And I, and I, I pray for peace and that this, resolves itself soon without there being a lot of um, harm that's done to our nation in any way, shape or form. So it's going to be a big day today and we're going to be talking with Dr. Michael Dykin. As okay. I said, um, he's here at UCF and he is the head of our medical clinic which serves in excess 67,000 patients every year. Um, he is a vice chair on the University of Central Florida's Institutional Review Board and has participated as an investigator with various clinical trials and grants. He currently is the lead physician for the UCF COVID planning. He is also a diplomat of the American Board of Family Medicine and a member of the American College Health Association. He also serves as a professor of family medicine for the university of central florida's college of medicine dr d has a long-standing invest interest in community health and family medicine and has included many public health initiatives that he's been a part of Um, i appreciate the fact that he's here and i just want to bring him on and and have and engage in a very wonderful conversation on how we can protect ourselves and be ready to move forward as the nation begins to get vaccinated um, with the with the vaccination that was created, uh, right now we have two, I believe, and then we'll go into that some more. Um, but welcome, how are you? How's everything going with you today?
1: I'm doing great too, Doctor Butler, and uh, yeah, thank you for that um, moment of contemplation. You know, uh, COVID is one thing, but the the unrest is is very upsetting. Um, One of the things I love most about our country is is diversity. It would be so boring if everything were the same. Uh, So thank you for for inviting me today. I'm I'm happy to uh, uh, discuss my perspectives on COVID. It's uh, it's been a a fascinating year uh, since uh, the virus first emerged in in China. Uh, And I've been telling people we're close, we're oh so close. To be on on the other side of covid so I'm, I'm happy to share my thoughts
0: excellent excellent so just to jump in um there's so much concern right we've been masking up and we've been trying to do our best at being socially distanced and things along those lines um, but now we have on the forefront two vac- uh, vaccinations that are or vaccines, I'm not even saying it right, what am I'm supposed to be saying, is it vaccinations?
1: I would say vaccines, sure. Vaccines,
0: okay, I had it right the first time, I'm messing myself up. So anyway, so the vaccines are here and people have concerns about them, right? People who maybe are shy with taking the flu vaccine and things along those lines. What are some misnomers that um, we could talk about right off the bat that people should be aware of with regards to these two vaccines?
1: Yeah, so um, so first of all, I think there's and it it ties to what's happening in the capital, this unrest and mistrust uh, that there has been um, a a certain mistrust in the process. It's been so unusual. You know, usually vaccines take years to develop. They take four, five, six, seven years, um, and and appropriately. there was an urgency to to get vaccine developed much more quickly. And it's, it's really interesting, um, Dr. Butler, that the the means to do this has been evolving for decades um, mm-hmm. uh, with with how to speed up vaccine development. You know, we had our H1N1 uh, pandemic uh, some years ago and, and it turned out to not be as serious as we had feared, but there was a realization back then that, we need to have quicker systems for vaccine development. So when the, uh, in the, the disease was the, initially uh, found in China uh, back in, in January, uh, it was apparent that this was a, a unique virus, and scientists will use the term novel, it's new. Uh, we've never been exposed to it before. We have no immunity to it. Right. Um, and there are various stages that uh, the World Health Organization uh, uses to classify the threat. Um, and they, they watch, um, uh, does it spread from animals to persons? Uh, does it spread from persons to persons? Does it spread readily? And so once it crosses that line that it is spreading readily, and it was doing that in Wuhan back in, in February, January timeframe, frame. Mm-hmm. You know, the red flag is up, you know, we've got to, we've got to try to slow this, we've got to try to control it. But the amazing thing getting back to the vaccines is that um, uh, within a relatively short period of time, the DNA of that the virus had been sequenced. Mm. By doing that, it opened the door for vaccines to be developed this year. So. Yeah. It's just incredible science that has been behind this. And it's the, the whole world has been focused in a way I've never witnessed in my life. We we think about the bad things that are happening now. This was a remarkable good thing. This was a remarkable, great thing for mankind, you know. Um, and it, it's not only great with with COVID, but there are going to be other, I, I hate to say it, there, there will be other threats in the future and there's a method now that's been developed so uh, I think that people need to think to, to reflect on the science um, and and uh, the integrity of that science that was used to to create these vaccines some of which were not created in the united states um, uh, and, and some of which hap- which happen um, and uh, how closely um, they've been monitored for safety with the various human trials to get to the point that we can now use it. It's it's been a very thorough process that I personally have followed closely. I've, I've right. been fascinated by it, um, and so it's 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 really a, a great uh, development in, in in many ways um, to to get to the point where we are now, where we have vaccine and we can we can we can go on. Um, the offense. We've right. been on the defense for a year, but now we can go on the offense. Get people vaccinated and keep them safe.
0: So the thing that um, that you reminded me of just now that um, so when you hear that COVID-19, I've heard people say that there's been 18 other, I guess, uh, variations of this of this um, type of virus. Has that helped too with? maybe calming people's fears about how fast this um, this vaccine has come around Um, and you know now we're hearing talks of you know there's being three or four different variants that have kind of spawned from this Um, so people take comfort with what you just shared in terms of you know it's not so much that it was quick that it came out it's that science was able to kind of Really embrace the process and and really yeah. put forth this method.
1: Yeah, they applied the existing knowledge that you know had incrementally been developed over time, and and uh, for for the most part, the vaccines. They, there's two proteins on the virus, um, the spike proteins that you hear about, and uh, so they they wisely chose that as sort of the object uh, for um the the antibodies that they're being that our bodies are developing as part of the vaccination to work against because it's something that all these these covid viruses have regardless of the variant you know so we know that viruses they they mutate constantly you know the influenza virus the coronavirus other viruses and for the most part those mutations don't don't do anything uh, every once in a while, uh, they may lead to, you know, uh, a virus that is uh, potentially spread more easily or that they could have more severe symptoms. Uh, but for the most part, these mutations uh, don't lead to change. In fact, a lot of times the mutations may prevent replication of the virus even. And they're not necessarily good for the virus. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, m- mutations do occur as normal It's expected. Um, and as of this, this moment, uh, it's a belief that the vaccines that we currently have are effective against these other strains. Other strains. I think in our head, we think, oh, another strain. Yeah. And that sounds so ominous, doesn't it? Right. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a minor difference in the design of the vaccine as such That it shouldn't matter.
0: Shouldn't matter. That's excellent. That's good to hear. I mean, that solves some issues for me with regards to that. So, when you think about um, person getting the vaccine, can you tell me what happens in the body once the person gets the vaccine? And is it something that they are aware of that's happening, um, other than you know having maybe some mild symptoms and things along those lines, but? You know, I I know some people who have gotten the vaccine as, as of now, and like you know, what is it that's happening to their body that they that they know that the vaccine is there, or is it just you know going with
1: life as as normal? Yeah, all of those things. I mean, every uh, you know, frequently, as human beings, we're exposed to uh, infectious organisms, viruses, you know, bacteria. Um, uh, yeast, and so on and so forth, and our body has, I, I just think it's a mind-blowing uh, mm. system to recognize those entities and, uh, and, and destroy them and protect us. And they tend to do it either through development of antibodies uh, or uh, on a cellular basis with the cells um, Is called phagocytosis, where they they, they um, envelop uh, the, the the virus uh, or or um, uh, clusters of virus and destroy it that way too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there, there's um, different arms of our immune system, uh, and all the time, Kent, uh, our bodies are doing this. Our, our bodies are doing this, and, and we 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 most often are not aware of it, right? We're we're exposed to something. In our body is having this fight. Uh, oftentimes, we we may, we we may be sick over the course of our lives, and we we have we have a, 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 a an illness that we recognize. Sometimes we don't recognize that. Though a lot of a lot of illnesses are asymptomatic, mm-hmm. uh, but the immunity is developing. We've seen that with this particular virus. So, the same applies to vaccine. It's the same. It's the same that um, the vaccines are designed. To um, uh, teach our immune systems to react to the COVID virus. They're, they're, they're teaching our immune systems and they do it in various ways. It's, it's, it's very clever. Um, and, and sometimes, uh, as with the AstraZeneca vaccine that's um, being released in, in England, uh, they're using a virus of a different type, an adenovirus uh, that contains pieces of the COVID virus, uh, with regards to the Moderna, uh, vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine, they're using something called messenger RNA, uh, to teach our cells to react to, uh, the virus. Um, but it's, it's all the same that happens in nature. It's, it's what our bodies are doing all the time. So, Um,
0: um, it's an enhancement, so to speak.
1: It's an enhancement. It's an enhancement. So, can you talk a little bit about how come
0: they're taking it in double doses, and 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 whether or not we have to start taking this vaccine periodically, like we do the flu virus? Or, yeah,
1: or, there still now. is a lot that's not known, um, and, and you, you you raise one uh, question. You know, how often might we need to get vaccinated for this virus? Um, it's interesting. Uh, another um, co- coronavirus is SARS. SARS um, yeah. it, it is uh, uh, an acute respiratory uh, disease that is uh, highly fatal. It's, it's scarier than COVID, um, but it's, it's, it's not as infectious as COVID has been. We know that people have had antibodies for 14 years after having had SARS. And it's a coronavirus, it's the same kind of virus. And it's possible, this is my hope My hope actually, is that um, when people are immunized, it will be a uh, long-acting, a uh, long-lasting protection. This is an emerging idea. Uh, earlier in the year, um, there was a fear this wouldn't be the case and that people, okay. maybe the vaccine would only last months, you know? Um, and they just didn't know, uh, but it's appearing more and more that it could be that the vaccination will protect us for a long period of time. Now, we've only just begun to vaccinate people, right. so we don't know. Maybe it will be a year. Maybe it will be five years or 10 years, and with other vaccines like hepatitis B, for, for example, we didn't really know how long that would last until... It had been utilized for a while, and then the standards are are developed. Oh, you need to get vaccinated with this frequency. So that that's what's going to happen okay. as we go forward. And and with some of the the vaccines are developing, you need two shots. Some you need one shot, and uh, it, it's just uh, the way that the vaccines been designed to teach our immune system. Specific- system to respond. They're a little, little different. Uh, um, most of them right now are two-shot vaccines.
0: So the two-shot is to help our body adapt to it better as opposed to getting the full force of it all.
1: That's true. Yeah, your okay. body uh, learns from this first shot and it learns more in the second. It gets you to that point of, uh, of full immunity. And, and I'm using the word full. It's about 95% protected, the two that we right. have right now. Right. um and uh, uh but um you know uh without that second shot you you wouldn't get as high an immunity that's interesting so
0: the other thing I've heard and, and 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 I guess I'm just drawing off things that I've heard from different sources um blood type yeah but this coronavirus actually um that depending on the type of blood um, that you have, might be more of a protective factor than than other blood types, is that true?
1: I've I've seen evidence of that. I don't understand it, but there's a a lot we don't understand with science. Uh, And uh, it it appears likely, and I I believe it's with the O negative folks. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah. in,
0: and I thought I had all negative, then I went and looked, and I didn't. So I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I really paid attention.
1: Let me Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I don't understand that, but um, you know our immune systems are so intricate, uh, and also just uh, there's there's different drugs that are being utilized to treat um, COVID nineteen infections. Mm-hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, there's, there's some evidence that, uh, you know, drugs that we use for other purposes, um, there's a, a medication that's used for, um, uh, uh, basically parasitic, uh, uh, types of infections or Mm -hmm. yeast infections Mm -hmm. may have some benefit with, uh, COVID-19. Uh, you know, so, so it's, it's, it's interesting it's a complex physiology with the viruses and if if there's a a drug a substance that interferes with that somehow it may be beneficial um what i would say though ken is is we need to to stick with what we're sure works so
0: right right that makes a lot of sense so you know but a person comes in contact with it. So we've seen all these tests where they show people sneezing or and they show the different air follicles or whatever you call it, um, molecules, kind of just kind of um, branching out. Uh, so I'm just wondering, I'm curious as to, like if, if it touches your skin or gets onto you, you, put, you, you touch something, it's on your hands, you, you rub your nose, what is that transmission like? How does it then get into your system mm-hmm. so that it does then take effect um, as a virus within your body? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't believe that just from touching it or just from wiping your nose, you, you automatically are gonna be um, possibly um, infected by this, so.
1: Yeah, this is a good question. Um, most infections, if- to be from airborne exposure, Uh, so not by touching things, 95% of infections, but there is a subset of infections that are required from our touching services where live virus exists. Mm -hmm. Now, what's what's interesting is it takes enough inoculum, it takes enough virus particles. One virus isn't going to do it. It takes... Many thousands of viruses to infect an individual. So that makes
0: sense. Why? Why yeah. you should be with like 15 minutes? If you're with someone who has it for 15 minutes, then you're going to get more and more of yeah. the virus. Yeah, in the that,
1: system. yeah okay. that inoculum, and so it's easier to get that inoculum by inhaling, you know, someone's uh, respiratory secretions
0: okay. than
1: touching something and then touching your eye or your mouth. And, and the virus doesn't live well on uh, surfaces. It just, right. it just doesn't. Um, so we're, we're fortunate about that. Also, it's interesting, it, it um, is extremely sensitive to light. Uh, so, m- yeah, most of that uh, contact exposure is is indoor risk. It's not outdoors because right. sunlight is a beautiful, natural um uh, protection from COVID.
0: So regardless of whether it's freezing outside or or hot.
1: Yeah. So UV, so UV radiation, oh, uh, ultraviolet wow. light that bathes our earth, uh, that that reduces um, this particular infection. And actually, it does so with a variety of, of viruses. Right. And UV light is it, is being used more and more inside to sterilize environments. It's, it's okay. interesting.
0: All right. So the thing is that most people who are contracting it to the point where it's life-threatening for them, it does kind of attach to maybe some pre-existing conditions that they may have. So that's one of the reasons why maybe young people and people who are in good health are not necessarily affected as as as. Poorly or as badly as someone who might have asthma or something along those lines, and is, is that true?
1: That's that's very true. Um, it's 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 interesting that if you think about the the health risks, um, there are things you know that, that make a lot of sense, such as asthma. You know, it's a, it's a pulmonary condition. If you have asthma, you're going to be at greater risk. Um, obesity is a factor too. Why is obesity a factor? Um, but it is a factor. We've demonstrated that persons that are heavy are at greater risk of COVID complications. Um, and it makes sense with some other things like cardiovascular disease and right. smoking. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, there, there's a, a list of about um, eight medical conditions that in- increase in individuals' risk for, for the COVID.
0: So, let me ask you a quick question with about obesity because, you know, I hear that, right? People say, well, this person's obese. Yeah. And you look at them and you're like, they, they're barely, you know, got meat on their bones and, and they're considered obese. How is that really kind of defined? Because I've heard people say that I'm considered obese. Um, and, and you look at them, you're like, well, I've seen people who I would consider <laughs> obese, and I don't think you're one of yeah, them. But
1: yeah. Still, I mean, uh, and you, you, may be right, uh, and, and I'm not a nutritionist, but, you know, uh, obesity should be defined by your BMI, um, and not necessarily by your weight. Because some people, um, they have a bigger bone structure, they have more muscle mass, uh, and their their weight is is heavier, um, so it, it, the the BMI tr- attempts to calculate, um, you know, how how much uh, fat is a part of your your body uh, compared to your body as a whole. So BMI is typically better. Sometimes nutritionists will use uh, other measures uh, to make that definition of obesity. Um, and, and so you're, you're right, it said there are people, the bodybuilders, if you went simply by, by weight, uh, you might consider them to be obese. Um, now we're getting a little bit in, into you know, a side path here because I really don't know. Yeah, that's um, fine. <laughs> it just uh, off, that but it. It. I, don't, I, that I, don't, I don't know, but I would suspect it's the persons that have genuine obesity
0: Okay. Because okay. it
1: seems like physical fitness is protective.
0: Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I, I I do know that I get less sick the more I am actively taking care of myself. So I, I don't get colds as much, and when I feel like I've been physically active. Um, yeah. And I don't think maybe there's something that's 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 attuned to keeping you healthy, I, mean, I know that's supposed to, but I mean, when I, when I think about it in the long run, I know that like when I am off my game in terms of working out or something like that, yeah. I do have to catch a cold or something like that than if I am um, staying pretty physically fit um, in my regimen.
1: Yeah, so, exercise is, uh, you know, the best medication that exists yeah. in so, <laughs> so many ways. So going back to
0: the COVID situation, so I, I have a, a, an older sister who contracted it and oh, she was I'm sorry. Back. Thank God she's okay. She was in the hospital twice, but um, the second time that she went back to the hospital is because she had some sharp pains um, in her back and it was determined that she had blood clots. Okay. Um, and so they, you know, they put her on blood thinners and some other things and She seemed to have come through it swimmingly. Um, Good. You know, I'm praying that you know she stays on track. Um, But you also have to stay on track. You have to listen to the doctors. You have to listen to what they say in terms of that. So she had like pneumonia, COVID pneumonia is what they called it. Mm -hmm. And so my question to you is, what what is it about this disease that that Attacks the blood system or whatever that make these um, types of clots um, um, kind of occur because people don't know about clots until like it's too late.
1: Yes, yeah, also related to how our immune system uh, interfaces with the virus. It's interesting, you know, one of the greatest risks of a COVID infection uh, can occur. Uh, when, when there's a, a marked acceleration of immune reaction such that the immune system itself floods the lungs and, and causes uh, the res- respiratory system to, to decompensate. Um, it's called a cytokine storm. It's our immune system just attacking uh, the, the virus uh, so briskly. Um, but also with this particular virus there's a complex interaction that occurs with our, our blood vessels and, uh, and, our, and our cardiovascular system uh, that can affect many organs. It, it, can, it can increase the risk of clots. Um, it can potentially affect other organs, the heart uh, uh, and uh, the kidneys, the brain. Um, and, and so one of the things we really don't understand right now what are the long-term consequences right. of a serious COVID infection? Um, uh, you know, the, with your sister, you kind of n- know what happened. You know, there was the clot, it was recognized, and that's great because they got on blood thinners or protecting her. You can imagine that there are people that uh, maybe had a smaller insult uh, yeah. and a smaller insult. Uh, to, to one of the organs I've talked about, that later maybe will have symptoms or problems. And, and we don't know that, that's, that's a concern of this particular virus and, and why it's so important that we get vaccinated when, when that's available to all of us.
0: So, so someone like her who now has contracted it. Yeah. North, she's up in Connecticut. So she's okay. far away from me, so I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I say that jokingly, but I, yeah. I love my sister dearly, but the the the, um, the, um, the vaccine she should take now that she is, uh, there's no, there's like, you, you don't necessarily build immunity on your own, so to yeah. speak without the vaccine.
1: That's also interesting. Um, so uh, the CDC recommendation is that even if you've had the infection, that you should get vaccinated. Now, we wouldn't want people who are actively ill, um, in my opinion, to to get um, vaccinated, um, based on the knowledge that I have now. uh, But even persons that have been infected should get vaccinated. And the reason is we know how protective the vaccine is. We do not know how protective illness is. You know, because yeah. there have been documented cases of people getting sick more than once. Right. Uh, seems rare, but it can happen. We know how protective the vaccine is. We don't know how protective the illness is. Now, what I would say is that with, with more severe illness, I, I would guess that probably provides more long lasting protection. With mm-hmm. milder illnesses, so many people were asymptomatic, half of people or who had mild symptoms, you, could, you, you might guess that their immune system uh, wasn't primed or challenged as much. And maybe they would especially be more susceptible to getting sick again, catching again. So it's not worth taking chances. It's best to, to get vaccinated, even if you, you had it before.
0: Yeah. So what should we at UCF be preparing ourselves for with regards to the vaccination. Um, are there any things that we, as employees, students, um, staff, and, you know, administrators, what is it that you know, other than waiting for our turn? Um, what kind of things can we kind of, kind of, be educating ourselves on or preparing ourselves for? Um, because I know people are getting tired of wearing mm-hmm. masks and. Yes. And, and being socially distanced. And I mean, you know, that frustration sure. is there for sure. Um, but what is it? How do we get to the other side of this?
1: Well, okay. So understanding that we're close, it's not another year that people have to wait. It's, it's weeks or months till, you know, uh, people can get vaccinated. It's not long. Also, that... Uh, we're, we're probably getting to the other side of uh, the third wave. Um, the, the, the best analytics suggest that we're peaking um, in Florida right now with our cases, and that that's gonna be coming down in the, the subsequent weeks. Um, our hospitalizations won't peak for another two or three weeks. So, in some ways, okay, uh, let's get through this month, especially. Mm-hmm. Let's be really careful. It's not a year that you have to uh you know uh, you know uh take these significant protective steps, um, but you really do need to be careful this month because the worst thing would be to you know uh wear masks and physically distance yourself. Um and the day before you're gonna get the vaccine, you get infected, you know. So so we want people to, to still be careful um and be careful. Until you've completed your vaccination, but it's not far. It's not far. Don't lose hope. It's okay. We're getting close. Uh, we're really close. Um, and so this is a time to be careful. Um, and let's get through this this third wave, and things will get better.
0: So did it make sense for them to say, "You're doing this for your for"? Yourself more than you're doing. I, I, I forgot how they used to say it, but yeah, it like i
1: heard know, it both ways. Wear
0: a mask because you're protecting your, yourself more than you're protecting the other person.
1: Yeah. You know, initially, this is another amazing thing is that it was not clearly understood what the value of those, those masks were. Um, mm-hmm. Were they protecting the individual at all? And a lot of very notable you know, leaders in the field said, it, it provides no protection. You know, I remember when it when this first started. Well, they've shown that it, it does you know, uh, protect. In fact, there's some data that the pr- overall protection of physical distancing and facial coverings could be as high as 87%, mm-hmm. which is similar to the vaccine. You know, it, it provides a lot of protection. Uh, so, you know, definitely we wanna use the facial covering and, and practice physical distancing.
0: Right.
1: So the, uh, it, it makes a big difference, and it's protecting others too. It's protecting. So, so us. you're covering that your is.
0: nose and your mouth, which seems to be maybe the fastest way that you can enter. It can become into your system.
1: Yeah.
0: But you said that if we touch our eye and it gets in our eye, it, it can come into yeah. that way as well. Most people are just wearing masks. Their eyes are closed. So what stops the airborne stuff from really? getting those people you could be protected with the mask but if it's airborne it's going to get you in the eyes right
1: uh, awesome that's a, that's a brilliant uh, perspective i i would say it's the inhalation process that pulls mm. the inoculum deeper into our system uh and uh and it goes uh, back to what you said protection. too
0: the more you have in your system the more it's going to then yeah for sure.
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay that, mm-hmm. that that makes sense yeah I, it's just something that, that, Good that question for me when you when you when you talked about it in that way yeah
1: and i would think there there is some vulnerability uh and maybe that when when these studies say 87 percent, maybe it's because they're not covering their eyes i don't know but it appears to be a, a small piece of it
0: yeah well i i'm excited and encouraged by the fact that you say that um the end is near, right? That there's that there's some the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to it. Um, you know, I think the important piece is also recognizing that it's just, it's just a moment in time that you don't get to see this person or mm-hmm. um, have this celebration or, or things along those lines. And I know that it kind of, it, it really kind of kicks rocks for someone who's, ready to graduate or you know, wants to walk across the stage and things along those lines. And I get it, I understand you know, how momentous that is in someone's life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but how do you attach that? Or is it something that we should kind of even consider attaching that to um, the value in life itself, right? It's definitely important to walk across that stage, but it's really more important that we have you in our existence. Right. Um, Is there something that, you know, that resonates with you at all?
1: I I suppose we all need priorities. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's a great thing that individuals are graduating, um, that um, they've uh, 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 completed their coursework, they have an opportunity to move on to, you know, uh, a job or uh, further education, whatever it may be. Um, it, it's uh, in some ways uh, a reasonable price to pay for, for safety. Um, I, I guess I would think of it as I, I know uh, it's, it's kind of a sad thing to not have that moment of recognition, but you know the, the risk, the potential harm is just so great. And it's not just, to that group, to that student, that 20 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we've discovered is that a lot of young adults tend to be the vectors for the society as a whole. Mm-hmm. So it's the, it's the 15 to 30 year olds that are more socially engaged and, and uh, um, the worry less about risk that tend to spread it to the broader pop- population. That could be, you know, uh, and gr- our grandparents and or people that are immune compromised or all sorts of other. so you know when you're taking a chance the, the risk isn't just to yourself it's it's to the, the rest of the population
0: nice yeah yeah. And, yeah I think that makes sense and again it goes back to um, just being a good citizen right just being a good uh, a participant in society where everybody is looking out for the other person and and it almost seems, in a, in a sense, really selfish to to kind of say, well, I'm not I'm not worried about that. That's a hoax. That's this. That's whatever. So I'm not going to wear a mask. And and to see the tie to you know, to see the tie to that in terms of I don't have control of my own body. You can't control my body by telling me to wear a mask. Um, I I just don't see, I I just didn't see that connection. I didn't, that one threw me for a loop in terms of, I'm not going to wear this because you can't tell me what to do with my body.
1: You know, what's interesting is uh, COVID-19 shows how connected the world is. If you think about it, it started with a person or two in in China, Mm -hmm. spread and and now uh, has exposed you know, pro- probably a, a, a billion plus people. Um, we're so interconnected, it's incredible. And, and so um, thinking in terms of yourself with something as highly as infectious as this just doesn't work. It's affecting many others.
0: Yeah, most definitely, most definitely.
1: So um, what are
0: some tips other than what we already know, uh, anything new? especially for those of us who are preparing to take the vac- uh, vaccination sometime soon, mm-hmm. should we be doing something in terms of our eating habits or, or just to be prepared for this? And how do people deal with, I mean, a lot of here, a lot of people say that their, their right arm hurts for a day or so. Um, yeah. Is there any type of preparation or any type of real, or do you just have to suffer through the pain? Um, what, what can people do to be ready?
1: Yeah, so a, a few things, uh, you know, the vaccine availability is evolving, you know, and I think what we're going to witness is that it's going to go from uh, being available to a small number to, to being available everywhere. You
0: mm-hmm. know, it's going to
1: take a couple of months to get to that point, uh, but it's evolving Uh, What you need to do at this stage um, is to be aware of of where vaccine is is available, depending on your group. If you're over 65, for example, you can now get vaccinated with Orlando Health, and you have to pay attention to their website and and link into that. And that will probably happen with essential workers, which a lot of the UCF faculty and staff, or students that have chronic illnesses, they'll they'll be next up. So that as as when the vaccine is in limited supply, you have to stay alert to the resource, you know, right. uh, to to be checking on the web uh, when vaccine becomes available. Um, other than that, it really is mostly the same steps we've been taking this whole year that we've all learned so well with you know, hand hygiene and uh, facial covering, and physical distancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's really, it's been amazing the cultural shift that's inspired with the way we do things, with uh, takeout food versus eating in restaurants, all this kind of stuff. So you got to keep that up. You got to keep yeah. that up and take care of yourself and, and find joy where you can, exercise, um, you know, do, do good things for yourself.
0: So UCF, um, there's a possibility that we'll become a site for yeah, that. that's,
1: what, that's what we're trying to establish. We're in conversation with the Florida Department of Health um, and, on how to do that. Um, and uh, the first step is for us, the university, to acquire a vaccine. Uh, we have the necessary storage for the vaccine. Uh, we have uh, the, a draft plan that's been constructed on how we would deliver it to the campus. Um, and our plan is we could vaccinate up to 4,000 persons per day uh, once we get that vaccine because, uh, you know, it's our goal to vaccinate up to 20,000 persons in a week, you know, um, the sooner the better, you know, right. and uh, so we we have those plans, we have that uh, potential, um, but we don't have vaccine. The vaccine, you know, is going to persons over 65 now, persons in long-term congregate living facilities, uh, healthcare workers, um, it, it, it hasn't yet been opened up for essential workers, which is what I would describe most of our faculty and staff. Um, and that that's what we're waiting for, and I think that's when we'll get our allotment um, and be able to, to take steps to, to deliver the vaccine. So, so how come they
0: have such a hard and fast cut off age, right? So how come it's not you're 65, but if you're 64 <laughs> and three quarters of a, you know, yeah. how come they're they're not allowing those individuals to kind of, is that just because of the shortage of the vaccine?
1: I think so uh, it is, you know, every state is doing things a little differently. The, the 65 number uh, is one that CDC Uh, did recommend though um and uh some states are starting with much older people you know uh you know 80 years of age or you know 70 and and so on and so forth so it's it's very subjective or i
0: I just can't imagine being 64 and your birthday is next month and you're like
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly i I just think that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is.
0: So I, got, I really just have one last question. I'm probably going to have okay. a lot more. But I, the question I have is, so the, you can either get the, the, the Pfizer or the Moderna and it's either three weeks or four weeks between the that's time right. that you get the two shots. What is the time after you get the shot that you, that you feel as though you've gone through um, what, the purpose of taking the shot for in the first
1: place. It looks like it's a week after the second shot that you have full protection. Now, interestingly, probably you're developing incremental protection from the first day on, okay? Mm -hmm. But to reach the full protection, it's one week after the second shot. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's what the, the studies have shown. There were small numbers of people that got sick in the, the first week after uh, the second shot. Um, but after that, um, it was extremely negligible.
0: Okay. And then you got yeah. people who are taking the shot and um, you know, they have them sitting there for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and then they're told them go on about their business. Is there anything that in that day that they should be concerned about or thinking about?
1: You know, um so it's it's like any vaccine that you receive there's going to be some soreness of your shoulder where where you got the shot um and there's a variety of of um, mild side effects that you may have Mm -hmm. that that range from achiness or feeling chilled or tired things like that not dangerous um, that are transient in nature um if you happen to have those you can Take Tylenol, for instance, to to blunt the effect.
0: So so people shouldn't be fearful of actually contracting the 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 coronavirus. Oh no. No,
1: it's not possible. It's not it's not possible that you could
0: contract. But that's a fear that people have. That That is a
1: that is that is an urban legend that's been around forever. Um and the reason I believe people think that is because the symptoms that we get after a shot. Um, from our immune system reacting to the vaccine feel kind of like you're sick, but you're not It's just your immune system doing its thing, okay. you know, but people think, oh, now I've got the flu or yeah. now I've got COVID, but yeah. it's really just the, the side effects of the immune reaction. Okay. And, you know, you know, it, actually that that's a good thing in some ways it means, Hey, my immune system is doing its thing. It it's uh, right. And it's not necessarily bad to have a sore shoulder or a little symptoms. Um, also, of interest, the symptoms seem to be worse after the second shot. Um, you know, it, it, I say that, but still, um,
0: your system then.
1: Percentages are very low. Yeah. And so, Black
0: and Brown communities have been really, uh, I guess, really kind of. Leery of, of, yeah. of anything that's medical, um, yeah, based on historical, um, history that kind of shares that, um, maybe they have some reason to kind of be, sus- you know, suspect, yeah. you know, or, or, or skeptical. Um, mm-hmm. so, what would you say to um, communities of people um, who really feel as though, you know, I want to wait it out, I, I don't trust it yet? Um, what, what, are, what are some things that can kind of relieve or um, kind of help people mm-hmm. to kind of not be so fearful?
1: Well, um, and I understand that, that fear. Uh, and uh, I would say that um, you know, the science has demonstrated the safety of the, the vaccine um, and uh, we know the benefits of, of taking it. Uh, Uh, This is a pathway to return to normal. Um, It it would exacerbate uh, the problems that people of color have not to take it. You know, um, the people of color have been disproportionately impacted by COVID with uh, hospitalizations and death rates and not taking the vaccine would make that worse, it would just make it worse. Um, it, it, I think we've had uh, great community leadership uh, so far uh, with all sorts of people getting the vaccine. Um, uh, Dr. Fauci uh, got it. Uh, that was one of the, 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 the flags I was waiting for because I, I think he, he's someone I really trust. Yeah. Uh, but the science the science is good. I have huh? to.
0: I have to admit, though. I'm like, are they really getting the vaccine? though? I mean, they.
1: <laughs> are they really? Left? I'm just
0: kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't want to sow any okay. fear okay. into it. Sure. I'm just messing around with that. I, but I okay. did see the the vice president and the president elect. Um, uh, Get it, and I didn't see Fauci get it. Yeah, I heard he had gotten it, um, but I didn't, I didn't. actually see video of him doing that. But I think that you're right. Watching those people having faith in it really kind of changed my mindset. Because I, I, I actually said, yeah, I will hold off a little bit, and I, I wait to see what's going on. I don't. I, I
1: like it, really. it was um when the first people that got vaccinated in the U.S. Uh, one of the persons uh. Was African American, um, mm-hmm. and she was a woman in her 50s uh, that worked in the hospital. And I read an interview of her. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name, but she yeah, in New York, uh, I believe. She, she did her a lot of her motivation was to demonstrate to others, right? Um, you know, the, the safety and the need.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I've known people who have gotten it now and I know people who said they wouldn't get it and I think that's, it's changing. I think there's one thing to be concerned about what happened with Tuskegee and some other things and there's a whole other thing when you know that there is a nation in a world of people who are being affected by this disease and that um, it wouldn't behoove the medical society at all to, to come at one particular group of individuals when they know the seriousness of this illness and, and what it uh, what it really projects onto these types of communities, especially those who are fearful of, of, of that. So I, I, I thank you for your time and your expertise. And um, I'm I'm glad that UCF is on the radar when it comes to maybe being a place where people can come and get vaccinated uh, we need good stories coming out of UCF and um, so I'm I'm hopeful that we we can move forward in that vein um, in terms of um, being a place that kind of showcases this is how we get it done, right? this is what we're moving forward to. so I appreciate all that you do um, I, I, your wisdom, the things that you brought to the podcast today has really been, um, powerful and I hope that it resonates with folks. And, and thank you just for speaking your truth. I think that's really the most important part of it. So um, any anything, last anything, things? Anything, anything I else? would
1: say, I would say to my family. Uh, and, and the same about getting the vaccine, uh, I would recommend it to them and, and everyone I love. Uh, so it's, it's, it is the right thing to do, no doubt. And I appreciate having the opportunity uh, to speak with you and and to share this information with, with your audience, uh, uh, the more we can uh, share our opinion, uh, the greater the positive impact we might have.
0: Well, thank you for doing what you do, and um, and hopefully we'll we'll see each other again on campus, absolutely, face to face, maybe with masks at first, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll be able to get back to um, our our way of life that we had here on campus. Um, more sooner than later. Absolutely. So, so thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, thank, thank you God all for God. tuning in today um, and being a part of our podcast. I hope that you are able to take something and it resonates with you and, and, and you really start to think about what this um, next stage is going to be for you as we, um, we get vaccinated and get back to a little bit more normalcy in our lives. And so it's really fun having this conversation today. Um, we we couldn't be we should not be fearful at all of, of what this virus has done. It's, it's done its worst. Now we're taking control. And, and so that is the, the most important part of it all. Uh, we have our show coming up next week or on Friday, I should say, uh, not next week. So we hope that you come and tune in on one o'clock on a Friday. And thank you so much. Thank you to our UCF Foundation for uh, helping us To kind of put forth this podcast but most of all um, thank you all happy new year and um, we're we're just excited about what the possibilities of 2021 is going to bring for all of us so um, have a good day thank you thanks for listening to our show which is brought to you by ucf foundation This has been Matters of Diversity with Dr. B.